All right, I'm going to finish that series we started a year and a half ago. Not quite, right? 1 Samuel 16, 1 Samuel 16. I really do think we'll finish it. I have high hopes. Uh, tonight we'll start, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll look at some music as, uh, well, look at the idea of music. We've enjoyed some music, haven't we? Uh, this evening, the music has, I, I've really enjoyed the music tonight. Um, and, and the right type of music, we've said this before, but it's a good thing to keep in mind, the right type of music will quiet the cravings of the flesh and will stir up the cravings of the spirit. And so I feel like we're there. I feel like the song service did its job. Uh, what a blessing, the words that we enjoyed tonight. The, the flesh is, hmm, uh, you, you be quiet, you be quiet. And uh, the needs of the spirit, right things, we are in tune to enjoy those things tonight. Uh, you know, with, uh, I was telling my CE class not too long ago, uh, you're, uh, you, let's take a husband and a wife. The wife could be a fantastic cook, and she could put wonderful things on the table each night. But if the husband uh, stops on his way home for two donuts and a 375-ounce bottle of soda, you know, for you to, you know, okay, it's not his wife's fault. It's like, well, hon, if your meal was more interesting, I would be more interested. No, he's, he's, he filled up on junk. And when you fill up on junk, you don't have an appetite for those wonderful things. And it's going to be the same with music. Uh, we need to be saying no to the junk. And we are surrounded by junk. And we have access to junk. Young people on their phones, they can pull up junk upon junk upon junk. There's so much junk, and people are filling up on junk, and they're acting like, well, it's, it's God's fault. His sound isn't that interesting. Just like the husband that might come home and say, well, hon, it's your fault, your, your food. If your food is more interesting, no, you filled up on junk. You threw away your appetite. You threw away your appetite. It's not the fault of my meal. It's you not having the discipline to protect your appetite. If you'll hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. Which means you're not filling up on junk. You're protecting your appetite. Nope, I'm not putting that thing in my mouth. And no, I'm not putting that in my eyes. No, I'm not putting that thing in my ears. I'm going to save my appetite for holy, healthy, wonderful things. So tonight, part three music that drives evil spirits away. Of course, we mentioned this some time ago, or somebody once said, as music goes, so goes the church. Uh, music has the ability to reach right past the brain into the heart and grab the steering wheel of our lives before we ever gave it permission to. Music is steering your life, and you didn't even give it a... Uh, I don't remember it asking permission. It didn't ask permission. Music as a way of bypassing your brain and going right to your heart and steering how you feel about things. It's very powerful. We must be very cautious about it. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll catch wind that maybe a young person is struggling. 
uh, it turns out this person is struggling in the area of music. And I'll be like, well, I, I'm not surprised. Um, um, when they struggle in that area, they're, they're, they struggle with the relationship with authority. They struggle with dress. Uh, just like at the bottom of Sinai, we mentioned this before too. Uh, when they were down there and they had that wrong sound, Joshua said, it sounds like, no, no, that's, that's them that sing, do I hear? And when they got to the bottom, dress was out the window. And they had already said, forget this guy that's in charge, Moses, forget him. We not, what not, we, what not, what has become of him? Um, boy, but it's a beautiful thing. When, when a young person or even an adult says, you know, I'm going to protect my appetite for holy things. And you see that relationship start to sweeten. Uh, the, the, they, they start to just, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to quit fighting. I'm going to quit fighting. I'm going to dress the way I'm supposed to. Oh, where did that? Oh, a lot of times it was surrender in that area of music. I'm going to dress the way I'm supposed to. And then that relationship with mom and dad and teachers, fellow church members, all the rest begins to sweeten and soften. Oh, how precious that is. So 1 Samuel 16, when Dr. Strauss was here, I did ask him, I said, so this evil spirit, this evil spirit that was coming on um, King Saul, is that, is that like, a, like a spirit of, uh, like he was depressed, a, a spirit of depression, or is that a, an actual demon? And he said, well, I, I believe that the way the Bible reads, uh, the spirit of the Lord departed and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. He said, I, I believe that's a demon that was troubling him. It, it seems like that's the way, the way the Bible reads. And again, you'd say, wait a minute, God, God would send a... Well, again, um, we, we, there's some interesting things that happen in the spirit world. <laughs> there in 1 Kings 22, um, verses 21 and 23, Ahab was, was rejecting God. And so when you, when you, when you, re, when you reject truth... You're setting yourself up. I say, I prefer deception. When you reject truth, what are you receiving instead? And so there, it's an interesting... Uh, so Ahab rejected truth, and it's so interesting. God says, I need a lying spirit that will go and deceive Ahab. <laughs> and again, you read that story, and you're like, what? You know, God is asking for volunteers, for demons to go deceive somebody. And, and some demon, ooh, ooh, me, me, ooh, ooh, pick me, pick me, ooh. I love to lie. All right. He's chosen, he's chosen to reject truth. I would rather not send deception, allow deception to have a place in their life. But when they've, cho when they've, when they've chosen to reject truth, all right, you can do your thing. And here, the Spirit of the Lord, Saul re re was rejecting the right path and uh, when God stepped away, God allowed an evil spirit, apparently, to, to come in and, and trouble him. Uh, so here we are in 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said to his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. 
So this was the first part. We saw a request for a gifted musician. Verse 18. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite that is cunning and playing, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. So we heard uh, the, the um, so there was a request, but then there was a, um, there was the report that there was a godly musician available. Wherefore, Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. Uh, and here we see, uh, we'll, we'll look at these verses tonight, the results of godly music, the results of godly music. David came to Saul and stood before him. And he, that is Saul, loved him greatly. And he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well. And the evil spirit departed from him. So uh, music that drives evil spirits away, our last part, part three. Let's, let's look to the Lord. Lord, please meet with us tonight. Lord, this area of music, is, is, it's a great battle. It's a great battle. And Lord, we've seen some victories, Lord. Uh, there have been some folks, it's, it's a blessing. Uh, with, with God's help, I'm going to be more careful in this area. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. But I know we need some more. We need some more victories in this area, Lord. People being careful about their music. Not just following the cravings of their flesh, but making some right choices about music. Oh, Lord, meet with us tonight. And every single one of us, me, uh, uh, the, the choir, every single one of us, Lord, help all of us to be more careful to renew our commitments maybe for some of us to be careful in this area and some to make some real decisions to be right in this area. Help us, oh God. We know that music matters to you. Help write music to matter to us as well. Oh God, meet with us as he sings in Christ's precious name, amen. So we're two-thirds of the way through this study. We, we looked at the request for a, for a gifted musician. Uh, Saul said, provide me a man that can play well. Um, Saul was miserable, and the servants wanted to help him be less miserable. And, and somebody being less miserable, it seems like a good cause, right? But again, we have to be careful, First uh, John chapter 5, it was interesting, we were studying that with Dr. Strauss, and he was saying, listen, you have to pray within the will of God. Sometimes, there, so there in 1 John chapter 5, uh, there's a time when, when somebody is doing wrong, and God is chastening him, uh, uh, John is saying, don't pray for the chastening to go away. Oh, they're going through a hard time. Sometimes somebody's going through a hard time because they're being punished for doing wrong. Don't pray for the chastening to, to go away. Pray for the chastening to work. 
Pray for the person to get right. Uh, I, I, I suppose a, a, an analogy might be the, the wife that says, when my child disobeys, my husband paddles the child. And so I've been praying that my husband will stop paddling. It's like, don't, don't do that. You, you, when he's obeying God. You're going to pray that he'll stop obeying God? That's foolish. Uh, don't pray that the pad, pray that your child would, would be soft, that the chastening would, would have the effect that, that, the, that mom and dad want. That dad, pray that the child would repent and get right and be obedient because that obedient child is going to know the blessing of God. And so here we see uh, Saul, uh, the, the need was not for, for him to be soothed in the chastening. The need was for him to, to repent. Um, I, I've seen church members, and, and I think, I think their, their, their heart is in, in the right place, but sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll rush to the sinner who's miserable as a result of their sin, wanting to comfort the hurting person. But we need to have biblical wisdom, lest we're basically saying, uh, oh, uh, God, is God being unjust to you? Well, let me, let me provide the comfort that God is denying you right now. Or, oh no, is your spiritual authority against your sin? Ah, they just aren't very loving, are they? Be careful. God tells us to be careful. Music is powerful to soothe. But soothing is not always what's called for. In this instance, repentance was. We had our quote a couple times ago. Too many today are looking for better harps when God is looking for better hearts. Music, it's wonderful. So then there were reports of a godly musician. There were reports of a godly musician. Here's, here's, here's a young man. He's out doing what he's supposed to. He's got all these wonderful things about him, and the Lord is with him. One of the servants pointed out how I know a guy, or at least I know of a guy. <laughs> he's not only skilled, but he's spiritual as well. Music is highly powerful. You want to be super careful who you allow to have access to your heart. What do we say about music? It bypasses the brain often and goes right to your heart, and it doesn't ask permission. It affects you before you even, but it doesn't ask, may I affect you? It doesn't ask for permission. It just gets right in. <laughs> so that means we need to be careful about who's allowed to get right in. The music, the musician. Far too many people choose music, you know, well, it makes me feel good. Well, and, and so the artist must be good because the music makes me feel good. Oh, and that's... That can be a pretty foolish way to choose things too, right? Like, like, well, when I take this illegal drug, it makes me feel good. So that means the, the one who provided it must be good because it makes me feel... We, that's, that's foolishness. We'll talk about some of that tonight. Um, so a lot of times with a person that, that, that follows after what makes them feel good, that's what addiction sounds like. And pretty soon, whoever tries to help you with your addiction becomes enemy number one. You stand between me and, makes, and, and what makes me feel good. You're my greatest enemy when that person might be your greatest friend. Now, God did make us creatures to feel. Um, so I get it. Feelings is, a, is an important part of music. It's, it's not, you know, it's like, well, if, if, 
if it makes me, you know, full of joy, you know, it's bad. Anything that I should be stone cold, I should be machine-like, it should be a rock sitting here. If it stirs anything, it's not, no, that's not true. Uh, God made us with, 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 with feelings and the desire to feel and, and the, the desire to experience joy. Talk about some of those things tonight, too. We also noticed that David was, was noticed. We like that. He was devoted to doing well the things that his father had for him. And God made sure he was noticed by the right people. Um, uh, young people sometimes feel like, what's my job description? <laughs> it's in my job description to fight against mom and dad. And it is. Uh, but, but not the one God gives you. Uh, the one on social media. Uh, and and, and, and you, you pull up social media and, and, and you find as a young person, it's your job. To, to, to teach your parents uh, how to give you space and, and, and how to leave you alone and how, how you're supposed to fight against them and they need to bend to you, not you bending to them. The problem is that's, that's not Bible. There was David. He was bending to what, is, what was important to his father. I am going to do well those things my father has given to me. And it rewarded him. It was, it was a blessing to him. Honor and obey your parents. God will bless you. Plenty of kids that are fighting their moms and dads. Their lives are not good. So David was skilled, strong, soldierly, solid, sensible, sound in speech, striking, and spiritual. A pretty good list of qualities to have in a musician who's going to influence you. So tonight, we come to our third point, the results of good music. Uh, so there in verses 21 through 23, and David said to, David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse saying, let David, I pray thee, stand before me for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass when the evil spirit of God, or from God, was upon Saul, that David took and harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. So two things we'll get to tonight. The effect of the, of the musician on Saul. David as a person. What effect did he have on Saul? And then the effect of the music on Saul. So the effect of the musician and the effect of, of music on Saul. So the first thing, the effect of the musician. Um, so David shows up and we see there was attentiveness. There was an attentiveness. He stood before Saul. The idea of standing before somebody is almost like a waiter that comes and, and, and says, what would you like? I'm here for you. Anything you need, I want to make sure you have it. I'm here for you. He stood before Saul. There was an attentiveness of David. In verse 21, he was ready to be of help. Not, my dad made me come. <laughs> so I'm here to help, you know, and, and can, I, can I go now? Can, can, I, can I leave? Are you done with me? No, I'm here to be a help. So in the Bible, it's, it's interesting. Joshua, this was said of him. Joshua, Deuteronomy 138. But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee. A young person whose, whose heart was, hey, I'm here to help. 
I'm here to help. There was an attentiveness with David. That this was a way that they described Levi in Deuteronomy 10.8. And at that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to stand before the Lord. I'm here to help. To stand before the Lord and to minister unto him and to bless his name unto this day. This was also said of Elijah in 1 Kings 17.1. So musically, hey, I'm here to help orchestra when you come. Uh, your spirit should be, hey, I'm here. Lord, I want to be a help. I want to be a help. Lord, tonight would you use me? I want to be a help. When Dr. Vogelin prays, thank you for the opportunities we have. Help us to make use of them for your honor and glory. Not just showing up, but I'm here to be a help. Choir, I'm telling you, I listen to you guys sing tonight. What a blessing. Lord, help us to cultivate that spirit. I'm here to help. Not just fill a spot up there. Not just this or that. Hey, I'm here to help. I see an attentiveness, the, the mixed trio that sang. And, and really, you, you standing next to somebody in the, in the pew. When, you know, boy, I wonder if these words are real to the people. I, I don't know. And they look over and see you just singing with a big smile on your face. Oh, you don't know what a blessing that is. Well, it's real to them. I want it to be real to me too. There was an attentiveness and and then there was an affection. Uh, Saul showed affection. The Bible says Saul loved him greatly. (laughs) There was something about David. Hey, I'm here to help. And the Bible says Saul loved him greatly. Now we know that changed later on when Saul became, uh, when when David became competition. You know, there's, uh, it's like, oh, Quiet, hush, everybody. They're singing about me. And, you know, you, you can see Saul listening. Oh, Saul has slain his thousands. And what, wait, what's that next David has slain his ten thousands. But until then, oh, David, oh, man, there was some, I'm here to help. And he loved him greatly, the Bible says. Isn't that scary how you can go to loving somebody greatly? Now, his, there was selfishness in his life which throws off your thinking. And so quickly, selfishness skews everything. And even someone who you love greatly, someone that's actually there to help you pretty soon, you're throwing javelins at them. But, but that's for later on, right? That's chapter 18. We're still here in chapter 16. For this moment, Saul loves him greatly. He loved David. But what's interesting, he loved David but he did not love what made David, David. He liked David, but he wasn't all that interested in the humble devotion that made David who he was. Sometimes there's people that love Fairhaven. Boy, I, I, love, I love what's here. Um, but they don't understand what makes Fairhaven, Fairhaven. Anything good here comes from a humble devotion to God. Um, Some people love the the fruits of righteousness, but not the lifestyle of righteousness. They like the products, but not the price to be paid. Uh, Boy, I love being around the folks at Fairhaven. They're happy people. I'm just not interested in what makes them happy people. That clean, godly, living And sadly enough, just like Saul, 
went from loving David to despising him. We've seen some that, I love that place. And, and after a while, it's not clicking because they don't love what makes this place this place. And they refuse to live that right life. And after a while, it's can't stand that place. Can't stand the Pharisees there. And there's a turning like we saw with Saul in this passage. So I see an attentiveness. I see an affection. I see an advancement. Um, Saul promoted David. He, he, he made him his armor bearer. Now the armor bearer was normally going to be a tried soldier who enjoyed the king's trust explicitly. <laughs> and we can be sure it wasn't, wow, you play the harp really well. Do you want to be my armor bearer? We, we know there was a few more things going on than just that. From what we know of David... He could humbly and diligently perform tasks given to him with admirable faithfulness, like he did when he was with his father's sheep, and even using undoubtedly his leisure time to practice slinging that stone and practice playing that harp. There's a lesson here for all of us. If you want advancement from God, do well. Right now, the things that God wants you to be doing. There's a lot of people with that spirit. I'm above this task. I'm not interested in this task. I'm not interested in being a, a help to my parents, a, a help to my whoever it is in my life. And then they wonder why there's no advancement in their life. Not, not seeing the promotions they feel like they deserve. There was an attentiveness, an affection. There was advancement. But then there was approval. Saul sends to Jesse and says, Your son is amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, please let him stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. He, he said, Jesse, would you let him continue at his post? I have found him to be of great value. Basically, he sent a report card home, the early version of My School Works. Right? Uh, sent a report card home, and there was Jesse trying to figure out how to log in. He's like, what is my password again? <laughs> and finally he gets in, and there's the report card. It sounds like uh, Saul, uh, uh, David, is doing excellent work. And, and you, you can imagine when the king says, hey, your son's doing excellent work, that would have brought a, a smile to uh, uh, Jesse's face. By the way, um, when we do excellent work, it brings a smile to our Heavenly Father's face as well. I like this verse, Psalm 147, verse 11. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him. The report card that goes home about us. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. And then lastly, we're looking at the musician himself. His skills were applicable. Um, verse 23, he, he was able to play, and it was a help to the people he played for. So again, orchestra, you come, and uh, we, we, we have way better reasons to use our music, don't we? Though God made human beings musical, but out there, the, what a waste the talents, what a waste using them for their own honor and glory. What a waste using them for, uh, for, to make money. What a waste to, to soothe the, the sinner and say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Oh, but how applicable to take your talents and come and sing and, and to play and say, oh, God is worthy of praise. 
How wonderful. So we see the effect of the, the musician on Saul, but now let's look at the effect of the music on Saul. The Bible says that uh, he was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. So we, well, let's look at those three things. It caused a refreshment of his body. It had a physical effect. The Bible says he was well. Seems like there was a, re a renewing of his mind. Seemed that there was a mental effect. It helped him mentally, physically, and mentally. And the evil spirit departed. There was a removal of the evil spirit. It helped him spiritually. So there was a refreshing of his body, a renewing of his mind, and a removal of the evil spirit. It helped him physically, helped him mentally, and helped him spiritually. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Those are some wonderful things. Those are some things we need to be more careful about in this life. So let's look at each of those. First of all, it refreshed his body. It helped him physically. Boy, music is powerful, isn't it? Um, it can, you know, movies, well, they, they can, they can, like, oh, oh, why are you so scared? Because the music says something bad is about to happen. <laughs> you know, years ago, Dr. Vogelin, they did the victory at sea. Remember that? It was, uh, um, it was, uh, it was the, uh, there was a documentary about the, 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 the Pacific Theater in World War II. And uh, so the orchestra, oh, it was marvelous. And you can still find it on YouTube. I would go back and look it up. It was really good. They had scenes from the documentary up on the screen. And the orchestra, they played and they timed it to those things. And music is powerful. I remember I, I, I have the whole documentary. And I remember uh, there was one scene where they go to Pearl Harbor. And it was a Sunday, if you remember. It was just a, it was a happy Sunday, people smiling. The sun is shining. It's a perfect day in Hawaii. People going about their business and, and they're happy, but the music turned menacing. And even though your eyes were looking at a happy scene, the music says something awful. The music came in and overruled what my eyes were seeing. Because you're looking and like, uh-oh. And you're looking at the people that have no idea. The music said something is about to happen. And, and, and right away, because the music, you look and you go, get off the streets. Find cover. Get off the streets. Get out of there. The music was so powerful. And, and, and sure enough, in, in the, uh, after a while, Japan comes in and starts bombing. And, 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 and many, many people are, are killed and, and ships sunk. And the, the Arizona people being, being drowned in, in, the ocean, uh, in the vessel not being able to get out of there in time. Music is so powerful. Music can calm. Music can agitate. And oh, let's not have the spirit of Samson to say, uh, but I can handle it. I can assure other people might fall, but I can handle it. I, I can mess with. Remember Pastor Love preaching last year, living on the edge? Living on the edge. Oh, I, I can handle it. I'll listen to those things that my pastor warns me about. And I'll enjoy it even more because stolen waters sweet I'm getting away with something 
stuff that I hide from my mom and dad or whatever it is. Music is powerful. Oh, God, deliver us from that spirit of Samson. Oh, I, I can handle it. Sometimes music soothes when we shouldn't be soothed. There, was, there were false teachers in the Old Testament that would soothe when it was wrong to soothe. Jeremiah 6, 16 talks about the false preachers that would, that would say, peace, peace, when there was no peace. They were crying, oh, everything is fine. You don't have to change a thing. And those music can be a false teacher that can say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Hey, uh, I, I know your spiritual authority is telling you that that's wrong, what you're doing. But and the, the music will say, they just don't get you. You keep doing you. Don't worry, you'll show them eventually. And I'm not making this up. I, I remember a while ago there was somebody dealing with, with music and trying to get some victory. And, and, and so my wife and I were listening to, this, to, to one of the songs that we were really hooked on, and that was the message. Is that nobody gets you. Nobody gets you, but, but you'll show them. They'll get you eventually. You, nobody, you, and the music, and, and oh, how wonderful the feeling of finally someone that under, a, a sound that understands me, music that understands me. They all, they all want me to do better with my life, but they just don't get me. This song tells me, it'll be, you just keep doing you, and eventually uh, you'll show them. It's a powerful message, and it's a popular message. They just don't believe in you. Listen to this music, this artist or whoever believes in you. So music can soothe when, there, when there's no, it's not a time for soothing. Peace, peace when there is no peace. But music can soothe when there is good reason for it. Uh, how many of you have just listened to that song that delights your soul? How wonderful. So, uh, 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 so, so see, uh, uh, Col Colton down there, his, his song, uh, his, his favorite he turned in was It's Just Like His Great Love. So there I was in the hospital and, <laughs> and Mrs. Bradley was saying, hey, would you, would you sing a song of encouragement? And I thought, oh man, I really enjoyed the words to It's Just Like His Great Love that we had just sung the night before in church. And so I pulled that out and all started singing. A friend I have called Jesus whose love is strong and true and never fails howe'er tis tried no matter what I do I've sinned against this love of his but when I knelt to pray confessing all my guilt to him the sin clouds rolled away it's just like Jesus to roll the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to keep me day by day. It's just like Jesus all along the way. It's just like his great love. Oh, the words just burst to life. And there was such comfort and such peace and such soothing. Sometimes when clouds of trouble bedim the sky above, I cannot see my Savior's face. I doubt his wondrous love. But he from heaven's mercy seat, beholding my despair, in pity bursts the clouds between and shows me he is there. 
Oh, I could sing forever of Jesus' love divine, of all his care and tenderness for this poor life of mine. His love is in and over all, and wind and waves obey when Jesus whispers, Peace, be still, and rolls the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to roll the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to keep me day by day. It's just like Jesus all along the way. It's just like his great love. Oh, music has great power to soothe at the right time. Again, sometimes we've sung, my, my wife and I have sung songs to people in their hospice bed. I think, oh Lord, those words are so precious. How soothing. How powerful. Music is powerful. Music can arouse us to awful things. It can get the flesh going. <laughs> I remember years ago thinking, hey, I, I want to do a workout and I, I want to find a, a, some music that will kind of energize me. So I, I got uh, on YouTube, I'm like, workout music. And I'm like, whoo, shut that off. <laughs> I, I kind of I thought it would find, you know, some music like Gettysburg or, or, or some soundtrack that would, you know, something, you know, beautiful and orchestral. I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? That is not good. I remember, I, I've shared this story before, uh, um, playing basketball back in Bible college. We went to Chicago and we played Moody Bible. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And so we went in and, and the work and the, the warm-up music was just rock and roll. And it was interesting that that'll get, that'll get the body going. And it really does. You're just like, oh, I don't think I've ever jumped this high <laughs> with, 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 uh, with my lap drill. And I'm like, wow, that music. Uh, hey, coach, what do I do with the rim? <laughs> Music's powerful. It can arouse to awful things. And, 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 and so, again, you, you folks, that you, I, I work out and, oh, I make some allowances with the music I list. Don't. Don't. Music's powerful. It can get the flesh uh, uh, worked up in, in the wrong way. Don't. Be careful. Rock and immorality. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of... of, of, of rock musicians that would talk about, oh yeah, we, we can get the flesh stirred up so the people are ready for anything immoral you can possibly imagine. We, we're, able to, we're able to do whatever we want musically. Riots. It's a, it's, a, it's a known fact that a lot of times these people that will go and shoot and kill lots and lots of people will psych themselves up with, uh, with the world's music going and killing a lot of innocent people. Anger. I'm not being respected enough. Or what I want isn't being considered enough. Music can arouse us to awful things. But music can arouse us to right things. Isn't it fun to get together and sing, Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war With the cross of Jesus going on before Oh, it can arouse us to good and righteous and holy things. Music transports us, doesn't it? You've been there. Like right now, I, I can turn on Gettysburg. 
And it will transport me from here to those fields in Pennsylvania. And I can, I can relive the scenes of agony and loss and woe uh, there at the, 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 the battle, the war. Their music transports you. So the question is, the music that you prefer, where does it transport you? I warned my children. I, I said, you know, hey, when I, when I was young, boy, it's, it's nice to have that fantasy place. We like to have a place in our head that we can sneak off to where I'm God. That place where I can sneak off to where he doesn't matter. And it's okay. Out here he can be God. But I have this place inside my imagination where I can sneak off to where he isn't God. I, I, I can mess around and, and play there. Oh, but you find as a man thinketh, so is he. I try to tell my children, listen, don't, you don't want any place in your life where he isn't God. Zero places in your life where he isn't God. I don't want to sneak off anywhere where I'm God instead. Oh God, I need you to be God everywhere. I want you to be God anywhere. But music can transport you, huh? Where does your music transport you? Where does your music transport you? To a place where he doesn't matter and you do? Where does your music transport you? And I've told this story before too. The, the, the ladies trio up here one time sang. And the music transported me. As I listened to them sing, boy, it transported me in my mind's eye to the throne of Christ and left me in awe of him. Oh God, you're everything. Oh God, you're everything. Music transports. Where does the music that you prefer? And again, is it junk? Is it taking away your appetite? Do you find yourself in here during the song service and like, man, this music is just as boring as can be. So it refreshed his body. There was a, a renewing of his mind. The Bible says he was well. He was well. It seemed to help his, his mental state. Our mind can be positive and cheerful or depressed and anxious. And there's all sorts of other, other things too, right? So not only does music transport us somewhere, but music asks us to do something. Music, I remember, I think it was Dr. Vogelin years ago that, that made a statement like that. Music asks something of you. What does your music ask of you? Is that thing God-honoring? Uh, sometimes, you know, you, you, listen to, you listen to music, and the music has the ability to make you have feelings of nobility. Like, uh, you know, it's just like, Excuse me, I have to go find uh, an older lady to help across the street. And so you go and find her, and there she is. And she's like, but I don't want to go across. It doesn't matter. We're going, and uh, you're welcome. The music has, again, music can, uh, but the opposite can be true as well. Music can make you just, I'm telling you, I felt it where you're just like, oh, yeah. You're ready to pick a fight for whatever. I'm going to find somebody to look at me funny. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to go pick a fight. Music can ask, what does your music ask of you? When you're done listening to your music, when you're done, are you closer to your mom and dad? 
when you're done listening to your music? Are you more appreciative of your pastor, your pastors, your teachers? Or when you get done with your music, are you more resentful of the spiritual leadership God's placed in your life? Boy, it renewed his mind. Get the mind engaged. Is your music sending you into a fog or clearing things up? Think. The devil wants us amused, ah, mused, thinking, ah, not thinking. He wants the brain shut off. He wants the brain lulled to sleep and the flesh in charge. Think. Does this music quiet my flesh and stir up my spirit or vice versa? All ladies, I'm telling you, I'm sure men's prayer. Saturday nights, when those guys get to start singing, oh, it's so good. It is such a blessing. Those words. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14, 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Boy, last night and at Saturday nights we sing and we're like, oh, those words, oh God, those are so good. We don't want to shut off the brain. We want to say, oh Lord, I'm thinking about those words. I'm thinking they're wonderful. You ever been there with the world's sound? <laughs> You're like, what are they saying? But again, he's like, I don't care. It sounds cool. Uh, uh, and again, your flesh does. It says, oh, there's something catchy about that. <laughs> I have no idea what they're saying. They're screaming something. They're screaming. I remember Alec and I were sitting there one time in a store and we're listening to this music and like, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is, just listening. And you're like, uh, are you hearing this? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Doesn't matter. Sounds cool. It does matter. It does matter. You're letting those messages in and it, because it sounds cool. Stupidity. And godlessness. The pop artists of today are pushing uh, uh, blasphemous definitions of love. It does matter. And yes, I do know. Oh, I must be built differently than other people because it's catchy. You're not built differently. The devil knows how to pull us into these different sounds. You're not alone. But turn the brain on. Listen. Somebody said, if you're not behaving, you're misbehaving. To not swim upstream is to float downstream. So if you're not working to be right in these areas, if you're just floating, to not be swimming upstream is to be floating downstream. 1 Timothy 3.15, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. 
how we should be behaving ourselves. Listen, behaving means I'm saying no to certain things. And by the way, we're going to say no to something. If you're not saying no to wrong things, you're saying no to right things. So right now, there are, there are wrong things that are tempting you. You're like, uh, I'm good with them. Well, you're not saying no to them, which means you are saying no to the right things in your life. You're saying no to someone. You're saying no to something. And every single day, you have to be saying no to those wrong things. And if you're not, we are saying no to the right things. And oh, how frightening when, when Ahab said, Lord, I reject the truth. And he said, fine, I'll have this, this spirit of deception enter your life. I don't want it to be this way. But when you reject truth, what does that leave you? Saul, I will not obey you. I would rather you did. But if you're going to push me out of your life, the spirit of trouble will come and bring you agony. I would rather it wasn't that way. But when you push me out, what does that leave? The flesh is a great servant, but a terrible master. I used my flesh tonight to drive me here. It was really nice. I used these hands. Uh, this body would have said, hey, I want, I want to keep napping. <laughs> I, I want to take a nap. I want to, I want to just stay in bed or whatever. I want to do that. I want to relax. I want to, I want to, uh, I didn't ask you. You're not in charge. We're heading to church. And it's going to be good. The, the, the flesh is a, a, a good servant, but a terrible master. Again, that whole idea of I like it. Oh, that, that should even make it more suspicious sometimes. Um, sometimes uh, uh, I, I know that I, I, I've had this thought. I know I've, I've talked with some others, and there's the whole, uh, well, they, you know, the spiritual authority in your life, they tell us not to listen to the world's sound, but, but they never tell us why. So I just enjoy the world's sound because I, I'm not satisfied with their explanation well if you have a heart for the world sound there's no explanation that will ever be satisfactory for you the bible also doesn't say anything about snorting cocaine uh, the bible doesn't tell us about syncopation the bible doesn't tell us about backbeats the bible doesn't tell us about the the careful use of anticipation or or breathiness in our sound but it's pretty easy to derive some pretty obvious principles from simple bible truth if we care to we know what music is asking us to do we know what music is transporting us what what places is it taking me and we have to start there yes we can get technical with some of those things but before you get technical the heart has to have a desire for the right sound or there's no point you'll say yeah i wasn't convinced they tried to take me through and i listened to their arguments and i wasn't convinced the heart must be in the right place first just like a diet we can't let our body's cravings be what influences us with, with what we eat, what we put in our body. You have to turn on the mind. 
We have to think what is healthy. And then we make decisions. And then we follow those decisions. We need to watch what we consume with our mouths, but we also need to watch what we consume with our ears. You know, some would say, well, well, of course, it's easy with your eyes not to look at someone that's not dressed right, not, not to look at, but it's more of a gray area with your ears. Well, I, I don't think it's as gray as, as we, I, I think we're blissfully ignorant sometimes. We like those gray areas, and they're not as gray as we think. A lot of times it's pretty obvious with some of the things we've been talking about tonight. Especially we ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you convict tonight and help us with these things? It's not the way you see it, it's the way he does. Be submissive to that. So he was refreshed. It has a, phys- it has a physical impact. He was renewed, seemed to have a, a mental impact but it also uh, brought about the removal of the evil spirit. It seemed to have a a, a spiritual impact. By the way, the devil is no joke. I don't want him around me. So if there's a sound, uh, again, he has a taste in music. (laughs) He's a musician. God made him musical. And he has a taste for music. Anything that takes glory from God and places it anywhere else, that's his taste of music. And you find that, that when glory is being cast anywhere besides God, boy, that's, yep, that's, that's the music the devil's behind. You don't want to share his taste in music. I want to have music going where he's like, ah, oh, I am out of here. Praise the Lord, get out of here. The, the evil spirit went away. A demon would come upon and afflict and oppress. Boy, music. Uh, we, like, like we said, we need to be actively putting sin to death in our life. Romans 8, 12 through 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Do mortify. It's an ongoing thing. Putting death to, uh, putting sin to death in my life. Putting sin to death on my life. Be killing sin. Or sin is killing you. Once you stop going after sin in your life, you're floating downstream. Psalm 139, verses 21 through 24. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? Am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? Be honest. The music that you listen to, do you feel closer to this world or further away? The music that you enjoy, do you feel more disgusted with the world or your pastor, your parents? Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? Am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. They're singing a message that goes directly against what you say. And I'm not good with that. But it sounds cool. We need to grow up. 
Search me, O God, he goes on to say, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Ephesians 5 gives us an interesting progression. So here in Ephesians 5, 17 through 19, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's the first thing. Two, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That's the second thing. Three, uh, verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Notice the right progression. So we said earlier, we were going to, God made us with feelings. So where do feelings come in? That's what we're answering right now. There's a progression here. So let's, let's look at this progression. Verse 17, first of all, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Know what God wants. That means you're getting in this book and you're finding out, Lord, what do you want? I'm understanding the will of God. Truth first. Truth first. And then, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Secondly, uh, be under his control. Uh, submit to his leading. Know, so we, we know what he wants, and I'm under his control. I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm in his grip. What he wants is all that matters to me. I know what he wants, and I'm submitted to those things. Truth first, and then what comes out of truth? Music. Music. Verse 19, singing that comes from surrender. Singing that comes from a place of excitement. Feelings of excitement that are based on truth. Feelings that come after truth. Feelings that come from truth. Oh, I'm telling you, why was that so comforting with Mrs. Bradley the other day? Because it is just like Jesus to roll the clouds away. Feelings and joy that came based on truth, not instead of it. The wrong progression goes the other way. Oh, the unsaved person would say, I don't care about truth. The backslidden person would say, I'm kind of bored with truth. I, I'm not real interested in what the will of God is. It's just like his great love. Man, that's not interesting to me. Can we get sort of, some sort of a beat in there and make, it's just not interesting. We, we need to get something, yeah, we need a driving whatever. Uh, we, let's jazz that up to give that, it's just not interesting. The backslidden person is bored with truth. And both of them would say, I need a sound that gets me excited. I'm bored with truth. Uh, don't, don't you have something that will get my body stirred up? Okay, there you go. Oh, there you go. Now I'm excited about Jesus. I can go home now and tell people that I experienced God. I felt something. And that's a fact. Fact derived from feeling. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Instead of fact and then feelings, I have feelings instead of fact. In place of fact. My flesh told me everything was good. Truth becomes relative to how I feel about it. Feelings in charge. And strangely enough, when my flesh is in charge, boy, the sound of this world doesn't seem to bother me at all. Go me. I'm learning to be less legalistic. 
I read this quote from a preacher who helps people with their addictions, and he does a lot of counseling. I read this this morning. He said, the number one thing I do as a biblical counselor and marriage speaker is to try to help people move out of a feelings-dominated, emotional, flesh-controlled life and into a life that is controlled by the Holy Spirit and biblical principles. Oh my, is it sounds boring to be controlled by God, but really when you're right with him and you know that the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him. Oh, how precious there, Psalm 147, verse 11. The Lord taketh pleasure when, when you know that God is taking pleasure in you. Oh, the delight. When you love him, when you know there's a smile on his face, that puts a smile on yours as well. So, in conclusion, there are two main types of music in this world. Mankind is under a curse, and the devil wants him to feel comfortable under that curse, so he doesn't feel the need to escape that curse through salvation, turning to the Lord. And music is a big part of that. There's a whole music industry that says, oh, everything's fine, when it isn't. Music designed to make you feel comfortable under the curse. But there's another kind of music, and we enjoyed that tonight. Music that praises and extols the one who bought and paid for a deliverance from the curse and brought most of us here tonight out from under the curse through salvation. Oh, praise God! Music designed to keep you comfortable under the curse or music designed to praise the one that delivered me from the curse. Oh, do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? The first is about me feeling good. The second is about me praising him. David and King Saul. What a funny thought, huh? You'd think that the guy with all the power and the authority would be the happiest person. Someday when I have lots of power and lots of authority, then I'll be happy. Uh, in this story, King Saul was the one with all the power and the authority, and he was miserable. A story about a king who's miserable and a shepherd boy who was happy. A shepherd boy with a song in his heart, and not, not just a song, but a right song. A young person with the right song in their heart can be even happier than the king with selfishness bound in his. Oh God, deliver us from selfishness. Help us to be careful in this area of music. We've seen some victories. I think we need to see some more. And every single one of us needs to say, oh Lord, help me. Help me be careful. It's a bigger deal than I realized. Help me. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. I pray that you be with this time of invitation. 
Pray, Lord, you'd work in hearts, Lord, even me, Lord, it's so, it's so easy to have that wrong sound around you. Uh, suddenly it's there and we don't mind it and we should. Help us to be careful, Lord. Just like the husband that comes home and he's not interested in the, in the, in the wonderful meal prepared with love because he's full of junk. Oh God, sometimes you have things for us out of your word. You have, you have wonderful things and we have no appetite for it because we threw our appetite away. Oh God, forgive us. Lord, help us to protect our appetite so that we might hunger and thirst after righteousness and be filled with that instead of junk. Oh God, thank you for your precious word. Oh Lord, thank you for the for every person in here, as they sang, as I got to enjoy singing the psalms, uh, singing the songs with the folks here tonight, what a blessing it was. Thank you for my church family. Thank you for what you've done here, Lord. Help us, oh, help us to have a church that honors and glorifies you so that we might know your blessing. And Lord, might it be as the Bible says, that you take pleasure in them that fear you. Might it be, Lord, that you look down upon Fairhaven and you take pleasure because of a church full of people who fear you. Oh, God, help us. We ask these things in Christ's precious name, amen.